0: Just like that, the final hour is here. Outkick three hundred and sixty.
1: All of Thursday you doubt us getting this point? How dare you? <laughs> how dare you doubt us finishing those two hours and getting this third and final hour? I mean, it felt like a minute, Hutton. Felt like a minute. This Thank show. you. Yes,
0: I agree. Flown by. And great job uh, by you. We, um, you, you as well. Great you job, well. everyone. Good, good work. We've got In fact,
1: <laughs> no, no more show. Uh, hours over. We did a good <laughs> enough job today. Pack it up, everyone. We're done.
0: Well, that wouldn't be fair to moonshine time. Dan Zashevsky. Zse- Z- 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 I always say Dan Z. Dan Zashevsky. Am I getting that right? Dan Zashevsky. Okay, we'll get it. We'll get it right whenever. You got it changes. right. It's a Outkick. very
1: Shoshevsky type. Yes. Pronunciation, but the K, much like the K in Shoshevsky, being silent in his name.
0: We uh, we'll chat with him because he has uh, texted with Ryan Tannehill, who suffered, of course, the high ankle sprain throughout the season. Not once, but twice, he injured the ankle. Tried to play on it, then couldn't, and had the surgery. Couldn't come back from it in time uh, to return for the Titans against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 18 in a win-and-end scenario. But he can relate to the injury that Patrick Mahomes is going through. We'll discuss that coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll also have uh, big things on both NFL games for the championship matchups a bit later as well. Uh, Turns out everything was a prank. And look, this felt like when I saw this headline... It felt like a fraternity initiation like request by one of the brothers for a pledge on campus. But last night at Duquesne, uh, Uber Eats delivery man went on the court in the middle of the basketball game to deliver Uber Eats. I think this is a classic prank, classic, uh, whatever you want to say, hazing. I don't know. It could have been anything. Turns out it was, it's a prank. But the... The idea is new, and Chad, it didn't involve a, uh, a member of PETA protesting <laughs> something at a member, Minnesota Timberwolves game, so no harm, yeah. no foul. So when I when I saw the original
1: video of it, and, and I think we're gonna see it also, but when the guy walks across the photo, there he is. Yeah, when he's like in the very edge of the court, I thought if someone was so stupid to just deliver food (laughs) in there, they'd probably just walk in the middle and not just barely walk onto the court. So for whatever reason, I thought this is someone doing it on purpose to not overly affect the game, to walk behind everyone in the corner and act like they're delivering something to the game. So I, I initially sort of thought, man, this seems like it could be
0: a work and right. that we could
1: be getting played by this. But it he turns out that
0: we were. But he was also... Like, this person's also delivering real food to <laughs> yeah, someone. Yeah, no, they got... No, they played it out well. I mean, they got... That's why I was like, is this one of the, you know, for, uh, Phi Kappa Psi yeah. has food delivered by a pledge?
1: Right. You I, know? If you want in this fraternity... <laughs> Your final hurdle You bring me is, Panda Express. Look, Loyola Chicago's in town tonight <laughs> at, at, at the uh, Duquesne Center, wherever this game was played, at Duquesne, whatever they call their arena. I need you to walk on the court and pretend deliver Uber Eats to someone on press row or to the team and walk across the court during the game. Maybe it was a, some sort of pledging initiation
0: well, ritual. Uh, and there's also someone that snapped a photo of this guy. He's like posing with his delivery. He has a little microphone on his... Not his jacket, oh, but so underneath the Oh, so he was he pullover. was trying to record everything going on? It appears that way,
1: yeah. Um, Was there no video of this game? I immediately saw this, and I didn't see. Everyone just had a still photo of it. I'm thinking, everything's on video now. Does Duquesne Athletics not carry the game live Got on stream it? somewhere, even if it's not on ESPN Plus? There's video
0: of it somewhere, I'm sure. Um, I
1: haven't seen the video. This I'm amazed this, that we couldn't see a but video the
0: screenshot looks like a video screenshot. That's certainly not an iPhone taking that photo. No, I wanted to see... 70,000 weren't in this arena to, to I, snap that photo. I have
1: not seen... I've seen this tweet, and I've seen the the still photo that we're showing right now to our, our visual audience. I've not seen video of it anywhere. And I immediately thought about Bally Sports falling apart, and everything is going to streaming in some way. And I thought, every yeah. college basketball game is on somewhere. I feel like if you play Division One college basketball, you are going to be hard pressed not to be viewed in some capacity, even if it's at the university's website. So I wanted to see the actual reaction well, of the
0: officials. It's on. blowing the play dead. There's commentary and going as well uh, on YouTube right now.
1: Okay, so there is video. Yes, we just don't have it.
0: <laughs> Correct.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, well, here's what we'll do: we'll watch the video during the break, and we'll come back and give our well,
0: synopsis of the video have, and play by play. But so, like, there are. I don't want to say thousands. I don't know how many people were at this game. Students, plural, were all filming this on their phones as well from around the arena. so I They think, knew what was up. Yeah. That's why I thought it was a fraternity initiation type thing. Or whatever it is. Like just some random request. I wonder
1: if... Um, is this is this person a student that did this, I'm guessing?
0: No, I, I guess. I don't know. I
1: wonder if they faced discipline.
0: They didn't kick him out of the game, from what I understand. Based well,
1: was the he story. ever in the game? I mean, or did he just have to leave? Or <laughs> did he walk from the stands and do it? Right? Uh, I don't well, know I that mean, he was he actually had McDonald's. in the
0: game. He actually had McDonald's with him. He delivered food from outside to someone. You see what I'm saying? But he, he bought a ticket and walked
1: through. I, I, I just have a lot of questions. I don't know why I'm asking all these questions. It was a prank. But still, if it's a student, I wonder if something happens to the student at some point. Or if they're going to not allow them to attend sporting events on campus <laughs> Something's going to happen. I don't know. I mean, it, I don't, I, it's funny, but also I, mean, I understand the university. I'm going to sound like the principal in Animal House here, or the, the, the dean of students. Um, I understand a university having a problem with that. You don't want to encourage that. Someone that's a student or someone walking into your arena or playing surface on a prank to stop the, the action. That's not
0: something you want to be known for, right? So oh, for sure. There's going to be some sort of discipline, I feel like. There has to be. Um, or they could turn this into like the the Nashville Predators throw a catfish on the ice every game now. You know, you just have the honorary Uber Eats delivery. That would be funny. Like who's going
1: to be – it's like the
0: 12th man at Texas A&M. Who's going to be the sixth man? <laughs> For Duquesne
1: and the six-man delivers fast food. And then you sell the sponsorship. During the game. But First TV timeout, under-16 timeout. <laughs> the under-16 timeout every home game at Duquesne is caused by someone interrupting play You've got by your, delivering Uber Eats across midcourt. Yeah, and that's the honorary coffee. person. Please recognize our sixth man of the game. <laughs> He's 4.0 GPA, biomedicine. Just someone who earned it in the student body, yeah. and they get to bring the food. They get to select the fast food they deliver. No, the, the university breeds. would definitely
0: sell that sponsorship.
1: Sell the but sell multiple sponsorships. They get to pick Before from one game. of
0: four different fast
1: food brands. <laughs> they get to bring in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever, now we're onto something. Like. Yeah, we I mean, took that, something that again, was stupid and isolated, and you, now this could be Duquesne's thing.
0: But they'll likely just ban him.
1: The Duquesne coach could recruit players and say, "Have you heard about our six man?" tradition right, that we yeah. have here where we have someone deliver uber eats in game every time it's one of the best and most classic traditions in all of college basketball if you thought the cameron crazies were great wait until you hear about our fast food sixth man every game this has legs hun. we can make this work
0: and unfortunately they'll probably just say never come back yeah you
1: know what you're expelled
0: yeah have and fun it, at and the person let you on the court you're gone too right that'll be their reaction um We do have a head coaching hire in the NFL. Frank Reich is the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Dan Quinn has informed the teams that he's interviewed with. This will be now the second consecutive year where he is interviewed with multiple franchises. He is going to return to Dallas as the defensive coordinator. The man loves Dallas.
1: Really loves the, the Metroplex.
0: loves Dallas and that defense and doesn't like the offers that he's getting, I guess. To me, he's the next in line after Sean Payton, with some of the interviews. Other than D'Amico Ryan's, but you know it, there was some. There, there's a report out, and I'll uh, read this just straight from Twitter on on Sean Payton. Uh, the Panthers no longer an option for Sean Payton. Of course, that's because Frank Reich is their head coach. And there was an issue with Payton's interview with the Broncos. Payton likes the idea of coaching Russell Wilson and having that defense but fears a potential power struggle with a member of the ownership group, Source says. Which is bizarre, because the power is with the owner of the organization. That's just... Sean Payton wants to buy into the team? Like, you can't... At some point, the owner's going to get whatever they want, and a member of the... Like, the only two I know, there's Walton and, uh, of course, members of his immediate family... And Condoleezza Rice, who was in on the interviews for the Broncos, or still is for the Broncos opening, she's among those in the room, along with uh, George Payton, their general manager. Um, yeah, if that's the issue, like, what is Sean Payton asking for?
1: Well, he's asking for everything. I mean, I, it's, he full wants control, ownership power. Obviously, wants GM power. Right. You know, final say over personnel would be one thing, which has been given before. So a that would be struggle, unprecedented though with a
0: member of the owner. Like that's very specific, but the power—like you don't have more power than the owner of the NFL team. Just ask Jim Ursa. Well, based on the
1: reports that you know, there's one member of the ownership group that he that has an issue with Sean Payton. With the power struggle, yeah. So that maybe he's—that's maybe a roundabout way of saying. It's a bad way to phrase it, saying power struggle, because you're right.
0: The power struggles there with is the general no, manager. There is but, no
1: power struggle. The owner of the team has the power, but it would be a conflict with right. the power. <laughs> Yes. Unless, not a power struggle, but his, his he power. fears he would be at conflict with a part of the ownership group because they're not in lockstep with what he wants. The only thing I can think of that would prevent any type of interference with a head coach would be some form of, you can't get fired within five years. I mean, you just can't. It's a, you don't touch anything I'm doing for five years, then we decide. Yeah. I don't care how bad it gets. It's going to be my choice. You're going to pay me this much. I'm going to be in charge of personnel, and I get five years mandatory. You cannot fire me for any on-field reason at all. Maybe that's what he would be asking. I'm just trying to think of what, what could possibly prevent an employee of someone else not ever having a power struggle or having to answer to authority with an organization. That Maybe that's the one thing. You're completely untouchable at that point. They can't fire you yeah, I, for a certain amount of time.
0: But I th- guess we'll find out at some point. This is from Mark Maskey, by the way, that's reporting this from the Washington Post. Well, there's a um, chance that Peyton's
1: just overplayed his oh, hand, too. Oh, by the way, too.
0: and Mark Maskey also clarifies, Sean Payton has loved his interactions with Condoleezza Rice during the Broncos interview process, according to this source. Um, anyway, it's not a foregone conclusion that it's Sean Payton because Dan Quinn's removed his name from consideration. Now the focus is on D'Amico Ryans, and we've seen one coaching hire made. It feels like, uh, now that Frank Reich's in Carolina, the replacement for Frank Reich, Jim Irsay reportedly wants it to be Jeff Saturday, and we're still waiting on Arizona, Denver, and Houston as D'Amico Ryans continues to make the rounds. He's mentioned in Denver and in Houston. He'll get one of those jobs. Yep. And that the other interviews, like, Monty Osenfort is the new general manager in Arizona. They wanted to go through the GM search first. They've done that. And now they're conducting uh, their own search. Uh, Ajiro Evero, the Broncos defensive coordinator, he's interviewing with the Texans for a second time. He's also among the seven. That are getting a call back from the Colts, although I'm not even sure it matters. I hope it does. Yeah, you can pencil in Jeff Saturday on that list of availabilities. I think so. Don't
1: put it in Sharpie yet, but just pencil in Jeff Saturday for the Colts.
0: Yeah, And I think now we'll start to see a, a flurry of hires uh, when Peyton makes up his mind that he's just going back to media. Dan Quinn's now removed his name. That really narrows the field. Of all the interviews and these teams that are interviewing the same guy. Really. What an
1: incredible power play by Sean Payton to just come in, guns blazing, and say, I want 20 to 25 million and complete control. By complete control, I mean, I'm basically the owner. You can't fire me. You can't touch me. I do whatever I want. He has overplayed his hand if that's what he's doing. And the results will tell us that. If no one bites and he doesn't get a job this year, that's Sean Payton saying, I want the world or I'll just go back to media. I just or- won't do it.
0: Or he takes less than what he's demanding. I, again, like if he wants to coach with Russell Wilson and he likes the Denver defense and he likes the setup with the overall ownership vision, I don't know why you wouldn't go there if they're going to pay you what you want.
1: I think people will really start to doubt just how much he wants to coach. I agree. Eventually. I think this sort of happened with Gruden yep. over time yep. where people stopped even caring. And then finally, he just it, really wanted to coach again, so he took yep. the Raiders' opportunity. But they're just—you get to a point where ownership is not going to these billionaire owners aren't going to mess with this. Thinking, why am I wasting my time talking to you if you if you're really not serious about wanting to coach again?
0: Mahomes looks set to play. We'll discuss that uh, with Dan Z of Outkick. He's about to join us. He's chatted with uh, Ryan Tannehill, who, great, get of course, him. suffered the, the same high ankle sprain and played through it, or at least tried to before he was injured again uh, with the same ankle. Uh, what did Tannehill have to say in regards to what Mahomes is going to go through in the AFC Championship game on Sunday against the Bengals? Details next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy.
2: We'll do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes.
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's like the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it
1: out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Patrick Mahomes was jogging around on the practice field yesterday, Chad. It's not like they held him out. Put on There's a great some, show out there. I mean, got shot up with something to numb it, and just went out there and put on a show I for get, everyone. it. Yeah. I mean, he looked a lot better than he did on uh, last week, that's for sure. And I'm a bit surprised that he's practicing on a Wednesday. Personally, um, especially knowing what Tannehill is going through here in Nashville. Well, and our
1: next guest uncovered something with Ryan Tannehill. Story broken at Outkick.com. Hutton and. Uh, Ryan Tannehill says not every high ankle injury is the same,
0: and that's important to note. They're all various uh, degrees of difficulty to overcome. Dan Z joins us from OutKick. Dan Zakczewski joins us on OutKick 360, uh, making his debut. Dan, great to have you on, man. And uh, great get getting in touch with Tannehill, who has gone through this process and tried to play through it, at least for a stretch of games here.
2: Thanks, guys. A couple of things. First, Excellent work on the last name. I told them he didn't even have to try it. I'm, I'm good with Dan Z. Bravo. I have a lifetime of being in class. <laughs> they get to the last one, and I'm like, that's me. It's Z. <laughs> it's fine. We're good. And you guys were talking about Mahomes' video. Did you see today he threw in a little spin? His oh, video from practice today, he's doing the jog, and he did a little spin move, letting everybody know he's just fine.
1: It, it It is it is interesting because I we watched that game last week, Dan, and I think everybody had the same thought. This guy's on one leg. I mean, he's playing, and there were stretch handoffs that he could barely get to because right. he was so hobbled on the leg. And my initial thought was it's only going to get worse. He's on adrenaline right now. Tomorrow morning, on Monday, it's going to be worse, and it's going to get worse as the week goes on. But he'll probably be in a place where he can at least give it a go for next week's game. These videos show something different. But, Dan, you got in touch with Ryan Tannehill about this, who talked about his ankle injury. And I thought it was interesting how he described the different levels of of high ankle sprains and what they could cause.
2: Yeah, so uh, I texted with Tannehill uh, this morning. And the interesting thing, if, if you remember, Tannehill was hurt. He injured his ankle, had a high ankle sprain early in the year, middle of the year, finished the game, and then sat out two weeks. And then he came back and he got hurt again in week three. 15, or 16, sorry, yep. and then uh, he was carted off the field, literally carted off the field, shoe off the whole nine, came back into the game, finished the game, and then had surgery that week, and it ended his season. So, guys, that I was kind of drawn to that story because I was with you. My thought was, okay, Mahomes can play the rest of the game. Plenty of guys have done that. As you guys mentioned, the adrenaline. I'm sure they, you know, there was a report that he was shot up with some Toradol. They taped up the ankle, the whole nine, he got x-rays negative. But how is that not going to swell up the next day? And how is he going to be, like most guys, he didn't even leave the stadium in a walking boot, which confused a lot of people. Like even Tony Romo, I think on the broadcast said the same thing. Like, yeah, he's not going to be able to walk tomorrow. So to see him have the turnaround that he's had is is quite incredible. And, and Tannehill actually mentioned that. He said that he has played through high ankle sprains before. He's had ones that weren't as severe where – you know, he missed a few plays, finished the game, and then returned the next week. But he also made sure to point out that it's not the easiest thing, and it was painful in those in those ensuing weeks. So expect Patrick Mahomes to definitely be feeling it. Whether he, you know, obviously he's going to play, but whether or not uh, he, how he's moving, he, he's going to feel it.
0: Yeah, and the, the other thing too is whenever he left the game last week, he like just the time that had elapsed from when he left to when he returned. To the second half, was like a full hour. You know, like most of the time, it's just you're playing on adrenaline. In that case, uh, it had wore, off, at least in my mind, it would have worn off by then, right? And he's still coming back in, and he played well. I mean, all things considered, I'm really intrigued, and I, I'm curious, Dan. Do you think this has been overplayed or underplayed this storyline, uh, and in regards to what he did last week and how he performed?
2: Yeah, I think um, a little overplayed last week. Because as we mentioned, guys have come back on this injury and finished games. But I do think it's actually being underplayed during the week. Yeah. I think now that everybody sees him on the practice field, they think, okay, everything's fine. This guy's 100%. He's not 100%. And I also, in addition to Tannehill, spoke to a couple of doctors um, who talked to me and said, you know, at best, he's going to be 60, 70%. One of them said, you know, he's going to be able to throw, but he there's no way he's going to be able to run. I mean, he's got to be less than fifty percent mobility playing on that injury eight days after he suffered it. And I think that's that's the part that people aren't focusing on as much is that, you know, Mahome's, a big part of what he does is not just, oh, he can't scramble. No, he runs around and and lets his guys get open. And one of the issues the Chiefs have is outside of Travis Kelsey, which one of these guys is going to beat his defender off the line consistently. Part of what makes Mahomes great is he runs around in the backfield, allows guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Sky Moore, Michael Hardman, who also probably won't play. But those guys need time to get open, um, especially against this Bengals defense. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch. You know, Can these guys make their plays at the line? Because I don't think Mahomes is going to be able to dance around in the back. He's going to have to stay in the pocket. Uh, both doctors said he'll be able to move around in the pocket. But the deep throws are going to be a problem. He can make his off-platform throws within 10 to 20 yards. He'll be able to do that. He can change his arm angle to get around guys and avoid the rush and you know do the things we're accustomed to seeing Patrick Mahomes do. But at some point, if you're trying to huck the ball 40, 50 yards down the field, you're going to have to push off your right leg. And Patrick Mahomes has an injury to his right leg.
1: Dan Zakszewski is our guest, OutKick.com. A great story on Ryan Tannehill and the injury. You can read it, OutKick.com right now. I guess the one encouraging sign to me, Dan, is not just the videos this week, but the fact that it's Patrick Mahomes and his arm talent that's out there because, as you just mentioned, it's his plant leg, so it's going to be all arm throws in this game. And there's not many quarterbacks in the NFL that I'd trust more with that than Patrick Mahomes and his, uh, his ability to slot the ball, in different directions with his arm. Uh, what do you think about that? And that maybe bridging that sixty to seventy percent the doctor told you to make it look more like seventy five to eighty five percent, given his arm talent.
2: Yeah, I think that's the big key here, right? Like this is still Patrick Mahomes at sixty to seventy, maybe even eighty percent. Let's say um, on a, on a optimistic side, but Patrick Mahomes at those levels is better than Chad Henney. I mean, we know that, right? So they're not going to play Chad Henney when 80% of Patrick Mahomes can, can get the job done. And one other thing that was brought up when I was talking to people was, you know, Mahomes uses his athleticism, but he doesn't rely on it. If this were a guy like Lamar Jackson, or even like Jalen Hurts, who really needs that element of the game to be as effective as possible, we would be, We would be telling a different story here, but we are talking about Mahomes. We are talking about a guy who has top one, two arm strength in the league, doesn't need to drive off the back leg every throw he makes. He'll be able to dink and dunk his way. And also, you know, you got to trust Andy Reid here. He's going to put a game plan together to protect his star quarterback. He knows the limitations Mahomes has. That's the one thing we haven't seen in these videos. It's great to see him jogging, but... I don't know about you guys, but I don't see a lot of quarterbacks jogging around the field when defensive linemen are barreling down. <laughs> like we need to see how this guy can cut, how he can how he can dip and dive when he needs to. So the jogging videos are great. Him stepping off the podium again. I don't know a lot of stairs on NFL fields, so again, not sure how much that really tells us. But you know, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to do Patrick Mahomes things. I, I, I'm I- I'm interested to see how he adapts. My suspicion is that he will, but. We also should set our expectations at a reasonable level.
0: Well, and then he takes you know uh, all the weight of Trey Hendrickson as well on a hit on Sunday, and then we'll see how the ankle really holds up. I, I was curious. You, one of the doctors you spoke with, Dan, um, said that he would inject him with stem cells, right? But it, it would inflame the ankle so much that he wouldn't be able to... Um, it, he wouldn't be at the percentage he even is currently uh, for, for game day. I wonder, though, if they win if that's the remedy with the week off prior to the Super Bowl?
2: So, no. Um, What I was told was that the stem cells were actually different from the PCP, the plasma-rich, I'm sorry, I'm not a doctor, uh, (laughs) plasma-rich plasma (laughs) injection. I'm I'm going based off what I was told. Um, It sounded right. It sounded very
1: medical, whatever you just said, so it's perfect. Yes.
2: It's the uh it's the platelet rich plasma, which is what they would normally use in this situation that causes the inflammation. So if they knew they were gonna hold them out for several weeks, that's the treatment route they would go because you cannot gotcha. move on that. And there won't be enough time for him to have even one of those on Monday and play in 13 days. That would be a stretch. The stem cells was actually a separate thing that was suggested as a very aggressive treatment plan. Now, that wouldn't necessarily cause any issues with him to play Sunday. In fact, this doctor said if he were treating Mahomes, he would give him stem cells on Sunday morning. But it's, it's very aggressive. It's a risk-reward strategy on whether or not it would take properly how his body would react to it. And most teams aren't going to take that kind of risk, especially with a, you know, $400 million quarterback um, who they need to play and play well on Sunday. So that was, those are, I apologize for the confusion. Those are two separate things. Like I said, he said he would do it, but you know, again, it's risky. It's real risky.
1: So I I know Dan, you're working on some mock drafts, uh, getting ready for the draft at outkick.com. Where do you stand on Will Levis? Uh, we are very clear with our our viewpoint on on Will Levis just being way overhyped right now. When, when you look at him as a prospect, the NFL to as a first rounder be a franchise quarterback for someone, what do you think when you see Will Levis?
2: It's interesting. Um, when I do my mock drafts, I solely do. It's not what I would do. I'm I'm trying to guess what I think the teams will do. And quite honestly, someone's going to fall in love with this kid. They're going to use comps like. Josh Allen, you know, a guy who had some questions in college, but hey, all the physical tools are there and it worked out for Josh Allen. But a lot of these guys don't work out. You know, you look at a guy like Trey Lance, I'm not saying that they're the same, but he was another one. It was like, well, let's overlook some of the college stuff because of the tools this guy brings to the table physically. And, you know, the 49ers convinced themselves to trade half their draft to move up and grab Trey Lance, who isn't playing in the NFC Championship game, even though the San Francisco 49ers are. And by the way, side note, they could have used that pick on Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddell. And just imagine what this 49ers team would look like if they had drafted one of those guys instead of uh, Trey Lance. But side side note, uh, I'm not sold on Will Levis at all, but I don't think there's any doubt someone, some quarterback needy team in the top 10 is is going to make a move. And he might, he might end up being one of those guys who rises up the draft board they already started coming out with, and it reminded me a lot of Zach Wilson. Remember the Zach Wilson video where he made that like turnaround 70-yard throw? And that was just like the moment where you're like, oh, the Jets are taking this guy. The Jets are taking this (laughs) guy.
1: Salivating. Everyone just went nuts over that
2: video. About a month ago, a Will Levis video came out where he's standing flat-footed, and he just turns his shoulders, and he throws it like 50 yards on a rope. Great throw. And I'm like, the dude's wearing headphones and a cutoff. That's not how you play football. I don't want, don't give me any of these videos of a guy standing on an empty field with no defenders, no pass rush, wearing beats by Dre, hucking the ball down the field is why we should draft this kid. So always be wary when you start seeing the the combine videos coming out and, and the hype. But like I said, NFL GMs, they fall in love easily, man. They do.
1: You know, really love that video. Zach Wilson's mom's friends definitely love that video when, when they saw it. <laughs> yeah, and Mel Kuyper. Yeah, both, both for for the Who same, also loves for, Will Levis for Levis, different by reasons. Way. He does. Yeah, we've been we've been discussing it. It's crazy to see the level it's just of look. Fetish. doesn't matter if you lose by ten or forty. He said with yeah. uh, with the turnovers. What is he supposed to do? He's at Kentucky. Acts like he's playing <laughs> at an FCS school <laughs> against SEC schools with Kentucky. It is nuts. Um, Dan, you also wrote about. The trade for Aaron Rodgers, the possible trade. With Nathaniel Hackett now going to the Jets, we see that and immediately think, okay, this thing is being set up now to lure. It's basically a, an Aaron Rodgers thirst trap. With Nathaniel Hackett, his buddy being there, if they can give up two first-round picks and get him, that could be a solution at quarterback. But I know you wrote that there may be another team that, that makes more sense for Rodgers.
2: Yes. So I'll address the Jets part first. First, they should be careful because the Denver Broncos tried the whole Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers thing, and it didn't go so well. Yep. Um, And the important thing to remember is that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a no trade clause. So this idea that he gets to dictate where he gets, he's not a free agent. He is contracted by the Green Bay Packers, and he's going to have to go wherever they send him. So I don't know how much say he has in this. I did write that, you know, for a guy who won four MVPs and won a Super Bowl, I think the team will... You know, show a little bit of good faith, at least as much as they can. But at the end of the day, they've got to get the best return they can for one of their best assets. Um, the other team, and this would never happen. This was just a total hypothetical that I started kicking around when I was just kind of looking at possibilities. They're not going to trade him to the Detroit Lions, but I just think the Detroit Lions <laughs> make so much sense. I really do, man. I like, I, first of all, putting him in a dome at the tail end of his career, I think would be super helpful. He obviously knows the division really well. Pairing him with a young upstart team that has some weapons. They were on the cusp, like they're much more on the cusp than than the Jets. And the other thing is too, they play in a division, the Lions, where, you know, the Vikings were a bit of a fraud this year. We don't think the Bears are going to be all that good. Obviously the Packers are going to take a step back when they trade Rodgers. That division is ripe for the taking if they can get someone in there. I know everyone's like, oh, Jared Goff. We know who Jared Goff is, man. We know. He's been around. We know. He has to be in the absolute perfect situation to make it work. But he's not a guy who's going to elevate your team to a Super Bowl level. And, And this Detroit team does need a quarterback to elevate it to a Super Bowl level. The Jets, on the other hand, are in a division with the Bills. They're in a division with the Dolphins. You can't count out the Patriots and Bill Belichick. And oh, by the way, you've got Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, the path. Through the AFC is just such a treacherous one that I don't know it makes sense to trade two first round picks because essentially you're opening the Jets would have to say we're we're going to win a Super Bowl in the next two years. I don't think the Jets are winning a Super Bowl in the next two years with Aaron Rodgers, so that's why it doesn't make sense to me. What about the Raiders and Dolphins? Okay,
0: love it. I mean, it just Dolphins. So they they yeah. check the box for AFC because Green Bay's sure. not going to trade him in the NFC, right? And then. The Dolphins... I I don't know how
2: much I buy that, but okay. okay.
0: Um, But with the the Raiders, he reunites with Devontae Adams. Um, And then with the Dolphins, I I know that they've said publicly they're back with Tua, but how can you be back with Tua knowing that the concussion history is what it is from this year? I'm hesitant to say that I believe them on that. And Rodgers and Brady at either spot make a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, totally agree with that. And you know, just a note on the whole, oh, we're not going to trade him in the NFC. First of all, that's dumb. You've just cut half the teams in the league out, thus cutting your leverage in half, which is silly. I never understand that either. Is it so it's better if Rodgers leaves the conference and could potentially beat you in a Super Bowl than in beating you in the NFC playoffs? I, I don't again, that stuff always seems silly to me. Um but as far as the Dolphins yeah, man, that actually does make a lot of sense because the Dolphins are a team that's much more prepared right now than the Jets to win a Super Bowl. Clearly, it was quarterback play that held them back. Everything that they went through the entire season with Tua having to start a third stringer in the playoffs, yeah. still almost winning the game, by the way, even with a third stringer who didn't play particularly well. Yes, I could see that. The Raiders, man, that's another team you just, you're like, are. Okay, does, does bringing Aaron Rodgers put you on that Mahomes-Herbert level? And I don't think the answer is yes to that. I mean, being in the AFC East, where you know the Bills are obviously the top competition, like there's some serious questions now about the Bills. They got knocked out of the playoffs at home. They haven't won an AFC title with Josh Allen, who's now been there for five seasons. There are questions about that team. They're paying their guys a lot of money. It, I don't know. So the the AFC East seems eminently more winnable as well if we're looking at teams who, because again, if you're bringing in Rodgers and you're trading two first round picks, you have to think we need to try to win a Super Bowl in the next two seasons. So if I'm looking at my roster and I don't think, I mean, everybody every GM looks at their roster and thinks that's possible, but we have to be realistic. You have to assess your roster and think, is this a team that's ready to compete right now? Dolphins, yes. Raiders, no. Jets, no.
1: And oh, by the way, Dan, Derek Carr's out there too, uh, and available for for one of these teams, and that's kind of a mystery landing spot for him as well.
2: Well, you know the Colts—that's what they do, right? Rivers. And <laughs> it does feel Lens. like a Colts move for Derek Carr. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty much right. Like just bring in, bring cycle in another vet. I actually do, I, I I wrote about the Colts in in my mock draft, and I think their GM Chris Ballard finally has to put his foot down and go get a guy they have to go get a young they have to stop recycling these veterans I think they will explore very heavily trading with Chicago to get to the number one pick from four I think that makes a lot of sense for both teams um that that's my official sort of feel on where I think the Colts might might go
0: Dan Z outkick.com has been our guest uh fantastic debut you're yeah, welcome back terrific. anytime. Yeah, back.
1: you need you definitely need to make this a more regular thing. Great job.
0: Thanks, guys. Uh, and read the story of Tannehill's perspective on the high ankle sprain with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that's at outkick.com right now. Uh, so Mike McCarthy, very interesting. So Dan Quinn's returning to be the defensive coordinator in Dallas. This is big for us, is what McCarthy says. He then declined – to commit to Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator, as Kellen Moore is getting interviews for head coaching jobs. And he, I'm reading from Ed Werder. Mike McCarthy declined several opportunities in his season-ending news conference to commit to Kellen Moore returning if he's not hired elsewhere. The two spoke briefly today. McCarthy, quote, Kellen Moore, just like the rest of the coaches, will be evaluated. So while the guy so, is getting... Sounds
1: like Kellen Moore really needs to land one of those
0: head coaching jobs that he's interviewing for right now. Yes, uh, yes, exactly. And it also sounds like he will be evaluated by Jerry Jones, <laughs> yeah. not, not Mike his, McCarthy. His evaluation actually comes right before mine. He'll be
1: in the office with Jerry. <laughs> then I'll be evaluated and we'll decide. that. Pretty much, I'll let you know in a few weeks, or Jerry will, who will be answering these questions in these press conference
0: settings. It may not be me. Hit us up on social, OutKick360 is where you can find us. Uh, We'll hit some other headlines as we wrap up the show. We'll get you ready for the sports evening. And uh, there's outrage over a mascot we'll tell you about next on OutKick360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. Rolls on across the OutKick Network. Glad you're with us. Chad, uh, good job by the Vols last night. Not bad. They play some good defense. They do. And now we get to see Tennessee and Texas later this week. They are
1: masters of the no offensive explosion on their end blowout. Yeah. They now have – they've set a school record. They have 11 games they've won by 20-plus points. They still have 11 games left. That's the most they've ever had in a single season in Tennessee basketball history. A it's, lot of blowouts for them, and it's they hard just to suffocate on them. It is they just suffocate people. I think tomorrow's game against Texas is going to be fantastic. Texas has a great offensive team; they can play really good defense. I think this is going to be a physical battle. This will yeah. be right down to the wire, probably pretty low scoring by both teams.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so, what's going on with A and W and and the uh, fast food location and the troll job they've done with M Ms? So. Here's what
1: they posted on social media. Uh, this is from a All American food. By the way, underrated fast food joint. There's not a lot around. They're hard to find at times, but pretty good food. Uh, they wrote, America, let's talk. Since 1963, Rudy, the great root bear, has been our beloved spokesbear. Mm-hmm. We knew people would notice because he's literally a six-foot tall bear wearing an orange sweater. But now we get it. Even a mascot's lack of pants can be polarizing. <laughs> Therefore, we have decided that Rudy will not Rudy, Ruti will wear jeans going forward. Not to worry, though, he will remain our official spokesperson. After all, he is um unbearably, unbearably cute, and I'm impossible to replace. I'm squinting right yeah, now. Chad hard. can this read;
0: is, he just can't read the small we, print.
1: We are confident Rudy will continue to champion good food and good times for many years to come. Now in denim, that. The Post from a This is a troll job of what Eminem did. Uh, I had to ask Davy before this segment what exactly Eminem did because Hutton, it is mind-numbingly stupid to sift through I know the different things that people are going woke on that I just don't even understand. I see these stories about someone changing a mascot or changing a slogan or changing a product. One I'm, person I'm like, complains. I them. don't even understand what the issue was to begin with. Can an Eminem just be an Eminem? how Apparently are irrelevant sexualized i have no idea didn't know it was a thing but I, a few a very small minority of people have a problem with it so these companies feel like they have to change it for everyone it makes no damn sense this is a funny uh, job by and w to do this clearly a joke they were saying but anytime i see a company make a move like m&m's did with that i always wait to watch the company that's just lying in wait to troll them that's the that's the company i want to support not the one that makes the decision like m&m's i want to support the company that is quick to troll any competitor uh or anything that will troll the companies that make decisions like m&m's did so good job a&w and, and also like a, fast food
0: it feels like a social media campaign that we would see in the nfl
1: it's a war it's like i you said know, with uh, cincinnati it's a war with with it's a social media war. When Brandon Bean had the comment about we don't want to suck bad enough to draft Jamar Chase, I'm just waiting for Cincinnati to post something. The moment Jamar Chase does something on Sunday, to glad we suck bad enough to get this guy well, with the video of him scoring so, a touchdown.
0: You know, some people find it cheesy the social media back and forth between the the media members, like the social media uh, employees of the team. But what the, what it's become, it is what the trash talk in the NFL used to be. It's just the 2023 version of it. Like, the, the players now are trading jerseys, you know, and, you know, signing autographs and doing all things for each other at the 50-yard line after losing a game of magnitude or no magnitude. Um, I appreciate those that don't swap the jerseys in the middle of the field after a loss that do it later uh, in the tunnel or wherever. Um, because it just... It comes across as, well, what just happened is, man, eh, no big deal. Yeah. Right? We're over it already. Just a game, fellas. Uh,
1: nothing. Nothing to The social media about. back and nothing forth, to concern though,
0: yourself with. is it's the version of what it used to be, you know, back in the early 2000s, well, it's, 2010 it's even.
1: It's great. But let's also be honest. The only people that get riled up over are the opposing fan bases. Oh, I don't yeah, think the players course. care at all about what's being oh, no, posted they don't. by the other
0: team. No, about everyone's them. friends. But that's what that's what I'm saying.
1: Like, isn't it amazing though that everyone remains friends in pro sports, the NFL? Yet every single pro athlete can take the the smallest thing as a slight, and use that when answering questions in the media. No, yeah. but they're all buddies after the game. But for you know, they they can even take things that don't exist. There's very few players that actually
0: and then like, turn Eli Apple's something. one of them.
1: No, well, no. Nolan Smith of Georgia after they won the national title in the interview saying. Everybody had us down for seven and five this year. Well how do you like us now? And I'm thinking you were third in the country preseason. No one did. I mean you could have said we won the national title and we got disrespected being ranked third, but not a single person thought you were going seven and five. No. You just created that in no. your head and then you repeated maybe it like that it was
0: fact. That one troll on social media that, that again. The same troll that's trolling MMs about changing the MM. It's like the joke I make every day or most days about
1: people said we wouldn't make it to the end of the show or right. make it into yeah. a third hour. I'm joking when I say that. It would it, it would be as if I thought everyone was actually saying that and
0: created it in my mind to turn it into something real now, that's not actually real. We do know uh, former NFL safety Blaine Bishop, uh, former Titan and Eagle. Yep. He, during weeks, would make up a storyline in his head about the opposing running back. It could be a tight end. It could be a wide... It didn't matter. And he would be standing over the player on game day, literally chewing him out for whatever storyline he had concocted that week to get mentally into hating the player he was facing. Where the guy's looking up going, Blaine, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say that about you know uh your mother-in-law you know or whatever and see i think and i that think, that was that that's how he got fired up to go and just kill people
1: well we know on Bl- the field we know blaine uh so we could ask him this i'd like to know if blaine started that in the nfl or started that in college based on his career because he may have stolen that from the movie the program <laughs> Because Alvin Mack, the linebacker in the movie, I mean, that's what he does. He goes up and says, "I heard what you said about my baby sister," and the running back's like, "Dude, I don't know your sister." Yeah, he, he's saying that's a that's a plot line in the movie. Having
0: talked to where Blaine, with his
1: trash talk, he is creating things that the opponent said yes. about him or his family, and he and like, he's repeating it back he to has the specific beginning.
0: examples of of players, and I can't remember who the players were now, but that would like look back at him like, "Dude, you you got the wrong guy," you know. Stop hitting me so hard. Or whatever it might be. Um, I don't know if, I don't think guys do that anymore. Now they'd be fined. So they're certainly refraining from doing it. Well, that. There's the, to close it out, they're certainly not doing
1: it over social media posts by teams.
0: Yeah. But or it's fun for or us. because they really hate the opponent. It's fun for us, though. Yeah. They'll be DMing and tagging on social media their opponent after the game. No doubt. With the uh, autographed items that they've received at the 50 yard line after the loss. We will preview the championship matchups for the NFL tomorrow. Hope you'll join us for the Friday edition. Start at 3 o'clock Eastern on the Outkick Network.